Welcome everybody to episode 22 of Leading Ladies Corpus Christi. I have Aislinn Campbell in front of me. She's the executive director of Grow Local South Texas, and she also is the creator of the Downtown Farmers Market. Welcome, welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm really enjoying this already. Yeah, and so this is my first podcast to be doing outdoors, and I couldn't pick a better location, truthfully. I mean, this is you literally embodying what it is you do for a living. Yeah, I have to. This is my safe space. And, um, you know, out here in the garden, uh, we have, you know, the place where we can come out and I can, you know, meditate and I can um, kind of rejoin nature, solve all my anxiety, things that happen from time to time time and uh and hang out with my ladies my chicks my chickens back here so. how many do you have the three um no we actually have um well if you don't tell anybody we have eight we're only supposed to have seven, seven. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh you order eight in the mail i don't know if you know how it, it works to get chickens no, I don't. right so Break you it down for you um uh, you 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 order them in the mail you can you can buy them from one of the local like big corporate stores but the luck isn't always as good there as right. from ordering them directly from a hatchery okay so there's an, a texas hatchery that we use and they basically they literally send them to you in a box they're day-old chicks and you oh, go wow. to the post office Is it like overnight kind yes. of thing? oh my god and you go to the post office and you pick up a box of cheap chirping things <laughs> <laughs> so and if you i mean you, the chances of all of them making it are some are pretty right. slim often right. but you know when you've got them and they're here and you you order eight so that you end up with seven mm -hmm. you still end up with eight and then what are you gonna do so yeah. no i love <laughs> so, that and one of our chicks actually her name is harvey because she was uh days old when hurricane harvey hit oh and we had gosh. to evacuate we didn't evacuate the area but right. we left this house mm -hmm. and um and she nearly died oh my gosh and so she's alive now and her name is harvey isn't that great was she uh -huh. named prior to that no no <laughs> Oh, she that was that was her name so yeah so they're all named that's fun we like that and of course we have I have four kids um, two of them are my birth kids and two two of them are my fiance's kids so each one of the kids got to name a chicken I love it so then another funny story was is that um, mother clucker <laughs> is the one that my my 18 year old son who's headed off to college in a couple of weeks oh, we're taking wow. him up there to college station he uh congratulations oh, i could talk for ages about that cool kid um but he named that chicken mother clucker and then she got a little eye infection so then we were like oh no well, the one we're sending off to college his her chicken's not gonna make it oh. you know his chicken's not gonna make it or whatever and so anyways it just became a funny <laughs> little joke yeah. so, whatever but mother clucker is uh is funny yeah so um yeah Cortland is headed off to college and Cortland was my premature baby oh my gosh and he was my surprise baby um and we uh and he's 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 amazing He's, he's amazing. I just, he's well, like you said, for him to start off as being premature to now look, you're about to drop him off in uh, college station. I mean, yep. wow. What yep. a, what yep. a trajectory. top of his class, great athlete. Um, he's headed to college already with, um, an entire, um, freshman year of hours behind him. So he'll uh, be a, he'll be a sophomore he when he goes right. there. He yeah. did it right. I wish yeah. I had done that kind of thing. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. I wish I was as good as my kids were when they, were. I mean, maybe that's it. Maybe like I learned a lot yes. and I just talked to them about everything yeah. and so because that says a lot about you too you mm -hmm. know I mean uh, of course your kids are individuals but I mean ultimately you guided them to the decisions they made so pat yourself on the back you know thank you yeah absolutely they uh, they've been raised by a 
great community of family members and loved friends and um, and even this little um, crew that we've created here. We call ourselves the J-Hack crew. That's Joe Hilliard, Aislinn Campbell, the J-Hack crew. Oh, I love it. Isn't that funny? That's a and, good one. And we created our little family unit and it works for us. And then my kiddos have, uh, with their dad, they have a, a little baby sister who's about three and a half. And so that's help, been helpful for them to have a little baby around the house that's yes. kept them uh like not one to have babies of their oh, own ain't that the <laughs> truth yeah it sounds so. to me like you're just doing all the right things and you're from portland right yeah originally yeah. um i graduated from gregory portland um i've been living in corpus christi now for um about five and a half years and um i i was i was always pretty much a a, a rural girl right that's what i yeah so mm -hmm. how, how did this come to be i mean you had to start somewhere <laughs> i I don't know really. I um, I have a background in like 4-H, you mm -hmm. know, 12 years of 4-H, everywhere I've ever lived my entire life except for now where I am in this part of my life has been in the rural parts of whatever community I was in. And um, my dad um, has a degree from A&M and college station in agricultural economics of oh, which wow. he really never used because in that time period of life folks weren't using those degrees the same way that they are potentially using them now. Mm -hmm. um, and I, uh, I, I, my mom, okay, so, so yes, livestock was important, but also my mom made other things about home economics important, which is funny because my mom was a full-time mom, working mom. Wow. So she, something about her said I need to give her some access to home economics, some mm -hmm. access to like understanding how to cook and sew and you know, That's whatever. Important. Those are life skills. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, those things made those things when she would, you know, she was a full-time mom and uh, every, I mean, from the time that I was little and, um, and she would always, you know, try to come up with ways to bring those things into our household. So we did, um, food and nutrition from a very young age. And, you know, I was always in the 4-H, uh, food contest back then. And then, of course, I raised animals and livestock. All of my, my grandmothers all grew. My grandmothers were gardeners all the way, both flower gardeners. And um, my grandmother uh, up in the Liberty Hill area was a farmer, a pig farmer. And um, and her husband passed away fairly young, mm -hmm. so she had that job on her own right. as a woman aging. And then my other grandmother lived on a farm in Banchetti, and they had a farm, a cotton farm out there. But then she had an amazing garden, and all of my life I always gardened with her. Um, so so you really just kind even of come from like a line of, of yeah. strong women who oh, were self-sustaining in Absolutely. that kind of way. That is just always. incredible. Like you were destined for this. Absolutely, always. My whole entire everything goes back to like my the women's spirits in my life the women's spirits of Corpus Christi there's so much about that I mean there's we could talk for hours and hours about my connection with Clara Driscoll and Driscoll Children's Hospital which and you did PR for for a little bit I did mm -hmm. yeah exactly and I actually was a miracle I am a miracle child for um for Driscoll Children's Hospital I ran over my leg with a riding lawnmower when I was 14 Holy. so I've got like a, I'm like yeah we could talk for 800 hours about the story of Aislinn Campbell but <laughs> but there's a lot of strong women Yes. in my lifetime and they have taught me to be where I am today and um, and then so so okay so when I was in college there was something about you know I always and had where'd a you little, go to school uh, okay so I went to AM College Station that mm -hmm. was where I went um, I you know got into sorority um, I you know uh, set out with a degree in English although I remember talking to them back then going 
you know, they said, what do you want to do? And I said, I don't know. I just want to talk to people. Mm -hmm. I like talking to people. Mm -hmm. And they were like, I don't know, speech pathology. <laughs> and I was like, no, I don't know. Pathology doesn't seem to fit with me. Yeah. And so they stuck me in the English department. Okay. And it was a big, a big university for me. Mm -hmm. And um, I jumped away too fast, probably for what made sense for me at that time. Mm -hmm. And um, and then after um, a year of college, um, I I met my ex-husband and we had our little Cortland. Right. And so things shifted a bit. And then I ended up priorities-wise. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I ended up coming back down here to Corpus Christi later on after he graduated and everything. And I I'm actually an alum of Texas A&M Corpus Christi, and I'm very proud to be an Islander. Yeah, uh, that's a gr excellent university. I love it. Yeah, I love it. I started. I worked. I went to Del Mar because as a young mom who's also raising kids and all of that and finances and all of that part was a struggle. We, um, I, you know, I, ha I had to go to Del Mar and I will tell you that we have uh, one of the best uh, community colleges in the entire country yeah. right here in Corpus Christi. Yeah, I, I, I will definitely say that. Um, and so, so back in the days of, back then when I was at college, I mean, I was just treating my body really poorly. Mm -hmm. I was, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a traditionally thin kind of, you know, fast metabolism. And of course, most of us are at the age of 19, you know, that's not that unusual at that age, but my body started reacting. I was having like stomach ulcer types of problems Ooh. and I had had dealt with some other like, you know, and I'd already had enough experiences because of that major leg injury that I'd had when right, I was young that right. I understood how the medical, I, I understood how all that stuff worked. I understood how hospitals worked. I understood what happened when your body was pumped full of antibiotics. I knew what happened when you were on, on medicine that was like, pre, you know, for pre-existing types of things. I had had all of those experiences before and I went in and was having all of these stomach problems and I couldn't hang out with my friends and, and I was, I was always, I always had a cold and I was having migraine headaches and I just. At 19? Yes. Oh my gosh. So I said, okay, what, what is this about? Yeah. Like what's going on with me? And the, the, of course the doctor's like, we're going to do a gas, you know, we're going to put that scope down your throat and check out what's going on in your stomach. And then you just, you're going to have to take Prilosec. And I was like, I'm 19. Like, yeah. let's get real. Right. There's going to have to be something that's going to change. Yeah. Something and so something about that just set me on a different path even at the age of 19 and then you know and then I had Cortland and Cortland was premature and there was no explanation not one zero explanation single explanation for why he was born early um other than potentially um I wasn't well when I, I got pregnant with him like mm -hmm. my body just wasn't well at that time and um anxiety and so at that and point, do it. yeah, those chemical imbalances will absolutely affect everything. Yep. So, so that at that point in my life, I, I looked at him and I looked at what was going on in my life. And I remember driving one day going, this, this can't be it for the rest of forever. And I, and at that time I was, you know, now 21, 20, 22, I guess. And I set out on a, t on a path that was different. And so when it came time to have my, so, you know, of course we were back in Corpus Christi and now I'm going to college at a Corpus Corpus Christi, Del Mar and the name of Corpus Christi and doing really well and getting a degree in communications and public relations and working with a lot of the creative groups that are trying to like create something in Corpus Christi that's just a little bit, little bit more creative and mm -hmm. culture and just kind of doing that kind of stuff. I, um, I got to the point where I w was ready to have a second child and I just decided at that point in my life, I was going to do everything different mm -hmm. and that I had the power to do it different and I was intelligent and 
enough to, to learn different skills and different ways to handle things. I learned very much about the mind-body connection. Yeah, so that's what I was going to ask. So mm-hmm. when you say that, I mean, you totally flipped it, yeah. how, how you would handle it. Yeah. Like, explain that to me. Like, wh- like what did you do differently? Um, I stopped picking up all of those books that would tell me what would go wrong with me. I mean, that's a simple, like, answer to that. Um, no, the, so many people don't realize like how much uh, unneeded stress they're putting on themselves it didn't work for me right it it, it hurt me and 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 I could go back through my first pregnancy and show you every single thing that happened to me and at that time I didn't really understand that mind-body connection and how powerful I am with my mind Mm -hmm. because I'm very powerful with my mind and I know that sounds kooky to some people but you uh, you can manifest uh, yeah your thoughts become your reality yeah 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 and women's intuition and you know all that stuff is so strong and I and I understand it and believe in it so much that like that I realized then that I had created so many of these problems on my own and I remember way back when I was a child with that whole lawnmower accident I remember the the therapist talking to me through this like this child has got this major injury and we need her to heal and heal well and I remember her talking to me about imagining what it would feel like if it was healed and it was fully formed and and you know all of this stuff mm-hmm. and I just remember even way back then even before any of that conversation was about uh, certainly I didn't understand it and you know there wasn't a mainstream discussion about it at yeah. all um, and so I just kind of tapped into that and I decided that diet was at the utmost importance. Yes. And huge. I had also Even just. Even if you're not pregnant. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I and I just and I had been in enough connection um, back even back in College Station with my son, with my son, with with a group of mamas that I was involved in the United Methodist Church up there. And there was a group. Was that, of, did you do PR for them, too? I, what I did with them was I worked in early childhood development. Okay, maybe that's what it was. Yeah. So I worked in early childhood development and. And, um, and just had the opportunity to just work with kids and learn about kids. And, and one of the things I did as a young mom, um, and I focused most of my majority of my early life with um, ways that I could, I, the side hustle that included my kid. Mm-hmm. So whatever oh, it was I like that. that I could do, that my kid could be involved yes, also. I love that. So working at the schools, of course, was the place for me to be. But back in those days, I met all of these great moms and in college station, you would never imagine that you would meet with a bunch of moms that are feeding their kids what, 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 what came out of a book called the Super Baby Food Book, which now is like the trend. Mm. But back then, we were like the kooks, you right. know? <laughs> and we, like, cloth diapering the babies. Mm-hmm. And, all, and, and I remember even back then, I mean, I had Cortland, and he grew up with those kids, but, and I was trying out some of those things. Those, I was trying organic stuff, and I was trying, you know, blackstrap molasses, and I was trying some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But my kids, he wasn't cloth diapered, and I, I thought they were still a little kooky, and I was trying to, you know, but then when it came Find time happy to... happy medium. Yeah, yeah, just I didn't know. I mean, I was a young mom, and I was just trying to learn. And those most of the women that I have hung out with over the years have usually been about 10 years older than me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm getting to a different place in life where now I'm I, I'm the older mo- woman in the crowd. But back then, because my children were young right. and, 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 or, and, and I was young enough to have, you know, a, a child already while other moms were a little older than me. And they just taught me a lot. So when it came time to have Lily, like I said, I just did it differently. Diet was my major focus. Um, I, I had set out no matter what to breastfeed mm-hmm. that I was going to make that happen. And, and then, and then I'm just real nervous about, um, about, um, um, 
Not that I don't value the work that they do because I do, but hospitals and, and, and all of that kind of stuff that's happening, IVs and just the whole experience of that is yes. just real anxiety driven for me. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean it's that way for other people Absolutely. because other people that's like, they're going to be anxious if they handle it any other way. But right. for me, it, I had to be on my own and I did, I just studied the way women in other cultures delivered babies. Yeah, I mean, it's been happening since the beginning of time. I mean, right. without drugs. I mean, I'm not, I, I have a kid and I, I did it the traditional kind of way. Right. Um, but, I mean, you can't help thinking while you're doing it, like, man, these women were yeah. some badasses. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, I had just been through so much of that already that I just knew it too well. And it just made me a nervous wreck. Mm-hmm. And so I decided I wanted to try something different. And I remember getting on the phone calling um you know doulas and 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 midwives and just I mean that was so fringe back when Lily was born who's 14 now no no, yes you're absolutely right and probably harder to to find right oh god like as easily accessible yeah no like yeah I mean I the group of women I hung out with and the women that birthed my daughter and you know and 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 even that I was one of the first doulas in this community was like we we were the we were the the leading edge of that concept we set the we set the trend before it became a trend in this community yeah and so I I I, but I did get um uh I did get Beth on the phone and I went and had a meeting with her and I took my husband my ex-husband and I took my mom and they when we left the meeting they they asked all the questions and when they left the meeting they were like you are crazy Aislinn (laughs) and they were like but here's the thing we are team Aislinn and whatever next venture Aislinn is on we Mm -hmm. are going to hold your hands and we're going to be there for it and so I birthed Lily at home and yeah and I birthed her in the bathtub and everybody always likes to me likes to ask me if that was on purpose (laughs) and I always say yes it's absolutely on purpose (laughs) um I wouldn't have done it any other way Mm -hmm. at this point I mean I can't imagine doing it any other way and um so you know after that happened and I had I had, I had gone through that. I had gone through the birth with Cortland that was challenging. I had gone through a birth where I set out to do it differently and it came out completely different. So Cortland was born six weeks premature after a very, Jeez. very long, horrible uh, pregnancy. Yeah. Um, and then Lily was born and he was born five pounds, five ounces, which is actually pretty big for a baby that was six weeks early. But yeah. she was born term on the day, big fat nine pound four ounce butterball baby man she was perfect wow yeah and, and you just, felt good right and I felt good yeah and I just felt strong and I felt confident and I felt proud of what I had done and not that I not that I didn't feel strong or confident or proud of what I had done but the first time it was like he came out and then they whisked him mm-hmm. away and then he went into the NICU and I just cried for 11 days straight about how difficult it was to have that experience in my life. It was so different with Lily. And so I just, you know, that those were huge, huge pivotal moments for me. You know, and then, um, I, so, so after it was time for me to start going back to work, you know, I, I, you know, I chased down all the little side hustles that I could with my daughter involved. I worked at the church and, you know, and worked with young adults at the church and, um, and took her with me to this and that and anywhere I could, you know, you do some public relations, uh, you know, freelance work, right. ri- any kind of writing freelance work. No, you, it sounds like you really optimized your situation. Like you really did. I didn't, I w- I'm, a, I'm a creative which is 
you know, what's interesting about that is that I didn't, I wanted so bad to be a creative back then and I didn't understand that I was a creative. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that that no, I don't know anything different besides the fact that I'm a you? woman, I'm a creative. When did it dawn on you that, that like, oh, actually I am. It didn't dawn on seeking. me until I dug into the garden. And when I dug into the garden, I could see what I was creating in a mm -hmm. different way. And then when I took it to the kitchen and I'd be like, well, I've got some basil and I've got some sausage and I've got some, what am I going to do with this thing? And then I'd bring out this delicious dish afterwards. And all of a sudden I went, oh, I'm a creative and yep. I've always wanted to be a creative and my creativity while I do some art things and I draw and you know, whatever, that's not my creative power. Yes. That's not my strength. <laughs> right. Um, my strength is tapping into that creative power and communicating it to an audience yeah growing yeah yeah so okay so did you start off what which came first grow local south texas or the farmer's market or do they go hand in hand the farmer's market came first okay because okay and so that is just such an endeavor i'm just like I wish that I wish that other you. people would say that because I wish that other people understood what a farmers market really was no, and I'm how all, freaking how the, hard it yeah, is. Yeah, how the no, I'm because I'm like, man, this woman started the downtown farmers market, which everybody you know likes to go to and buy whatever. But it's like there is some freaking groundwork that goes into that. Break it down for me. Well, okay, so um, so as I sat down on this path with my children and learning all of this stuff, and I really began to understand what were what we were missing in this community in terms of health and access to healthy food and healthy lifestyle and all of those things. Um, I, I, I even got to that point in my life where I was like, we have got to move. Oh, we can't wow. live it here. We can't have it here. I don't want, I, 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 there's mm -hmm. nothing here for us. I can't feed my family here. I had even decided to stop eating meat because I was so concerned with the types of meat that we were mm -hmm. getting at, you know, the fast food restaurants. And, and I, there was nowhere to eat anything but like cheese enchiladas and yeah. a really crappy salad. And I, and, and so. Unfortunately, uh, most people have that idea. I just have to leave. Like, right. There's, there's nothing for right. me here. I must right. leave. But. I was asked by a woman, my mother, mm -hmm. to stay. She said, and of course our mothers are going to ask us to stay, but my mom is so smart about the way she talks to me, mm -hmm. right? So she's like, if you don't, if you don't stay, if people like you don't stay and create it, yes. then it will never change. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, yep. mom. Yeah, absolutely. I thank her a lot for that. She gets yeah. quoted on that in a lot of my life story. Mm -hmm. um, and so I said, okay. I'm going to, uh, we're going to just start doing it on our own. So my parents said, okay. And I, like I said, always, my parents are team Aislinn, whatever, whatever. Okay. That's crazy. What are you thinking? Why do you, well, okay. But it doesn't really <laughs> matter because we're still team Aislinn oh, and whatever team Aislinn, you know. And that's such a theme actually with a lot, pretty much all of, of my leading ladies is that they always have supportive parents or family mm -hmm. or whatever so that's fantastic yeah and so um so my parents had enough uh rural space in the property that I had grown up on in Taft it's uh it was still where I went to high school but uh in Gregory Portland so we considered ourselves Portland living in Portland but we were technically Taft so we were a rural area mm -hmm. and we got a chicken we my dad built us a coop and you know we got 35 chickens and then I wow. started growing a garden and we had a little garden out there and we started growing and then I basically just said this is what I want to do and I started chasing that path down and that was like all of that stuff was happening at the same time that I was transitioning out of working at Driscoll Children's Hospital mm -hmm. um, I just had gotten to the point where uh, my daughter was uh, uh, so so I mo I didn't work until she was um, work without her until she was I think 
two and a half, maybe two. Um, that's about when I stopped nursing her too. Okay. Um, and um, so I went to to work for Driscoll Children's Hospital full time, and um, and then when it was time for her to go into um, the there's a program in Portland that everybody like it's like a, a like a homeschool but not you mm-hmm. send them and it's a half day program and it's for pre kindergarten and it's really great start for kiddos yeah and um, and I'm not even sure that that she's still doing that anymore because I mean she, my kids are now big kids and she was there when they were little tiny oh, wow. babies and anyways but um, the only way I could really do that was if I quit my full time job because it was a half day program and and I was already starting to feel the need to transition to something different mm-hmm. um, and the, it, the Driscoll Children's Hospital job was changing um, and when I was at Driscoll Children's Hospital my job was public relations at the top like executive level Wow! even though I had a director um, and a vice president and of course the president and CEO I was a right hand yeah. often for the CEO of Driscoll Children's Hospital and I worked with patient relations and I worked with you know general customer relations and I you you know, I, I worked with all of the kids, you know, the, the pilot for a day program with the terminally Ill, Ill, Ill kids. And those were the things that I loved the most. And the things that I didn't love the most was all the the traditional public relations, media relations, writing right. stuff. I'm not a great writer. Mm-hmm. I write, but I'm not a great writer. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a communicator. Yes. That's what I do. Yes. And so um, that job was changing and I decided it was time for me to trans- transition out of that. Um, had learned a lot being there. Um, and so I, you know, went with her and went to school with her. And so that at that same time, I was beginning to decide what I wanted to do, what we were going to do together. Cause yes. she was only going to be out of the end of this like day school program for one year. And then she was going to start kindergarten. Oh, wow. And then it, so it was that time in a woman's life when you begin transitioning from, I've been at home with my kiddos. Um, you know, I've been at home nursing, I've been at home, you know, stay at home mom, working home mom, you know, whatever, all of the different things that I've been doing, had been doing. So I dug into do, doing doula work, mm-hmm. but really? I also began gardening, really wow. getting deep into the gardening yes. work. Okay. Um, and so at that time it was like, okay, what's the leading edge thing Aislinn's gonna like really like tap into what's gonna be her thing. And, um, and so the garden was happening and I started doing doula work and I went and studied to be a certified birth doula and a certified postpartum doula and started doing that work. But you never have any downtime, huh? I mean, you're always like exploring. I have learned that idle hands um, can get me in some serious trouble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. I think that can be said for most of us actually. <laughs> so, um, and I just waste a whole lot of time if I'm not super busy, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, and, and so I, you know, I tried that out with the doula stuff and I, and I was really good at it. And I had, I, there are, there are about 20 babies in this community that are all about the age of probably 10 or young, like maybe a few years younger than that, uh, that I was there when they were born. Wow. I was just about to ask that too. 20. Yeah. That yeah. is incredible. Two, two sets of twins, but one of them was born in a C-section. One of them was born, born one set of twins was born vaginally. Um, I sat through two different C-sections. Um, I did, um, three or four home birth, uh, water births, um, but a lot of hospital births actually. So, um, so what's the role of a doula 
in, in birth? Well, back in the old days, they were called sisters or mothers or grandmothers or mm-hmm. um, aunts or um, whatever. We just lost touch with that for a while. Um, they're just they're just support. They're just it's you've, you 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 need a woman there. You need another woman there to hold you. Mm-hmm. Um, you need another woman there to tell you that everything's okay, and that you're strong. And a woman that's been through it before. Yes. Um, and a woman that says, you know what, let's just chill on your couch a little bit longer, you know, and and um, and and that's really it. You know, it gives the, the dad the opportunity to just be a dad mm-hmm. and to just hold your hand and just, you know, do the things that a dad wants to do um, rather than having to be your only support system. Yes, I agree and, with that. And yes, I learned, you know, like pain coping things, do this, do that, and let's push on that and let's rub on this and you know but more than anything else it was always just like the supporting voice it was always just everything's okay mm-hmm. and keep your mind focused on the stuff that's okay and keep breathing you're gonna be fine yeah just you know? that simple reminder mm-hmm. can make such a difference yeah yeah so then you so then you started the downtown farmers market right so yeah how so does that <laughs> even like just how do you even pitch that who do you talk to how does that you know what I'm saying how does that come to be well so I I so we started growing out on the farm and I and I I started what back then was called a, a CSA and, and we still have CSAs around this country but they don't work super well mm-hmm. they're not exactly right now they just do shares and things like that but um I started a CSA which meant I had to grow enough to feed 25 families wow. once a week for six weeks or some I don't remember eight weeks or something like that okay and I was going to need a place to meet them and you know and bring their food and, and meet up with them and uh and at that time uh Joe Hilliard and I had started um you know kind of dating and chatting and you know, um, you know, whatever. And, um, we, this was in 2013. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, well, the farmer's market started in 2012. Okay. Um, but in two twenty, like, I guess 2012, I don't remember, but anyways, um, we, we had, there was a lot of things going on in terms of revitalization of downtown. Mm -hmm. And, um, I had always, back when I was, you know, an intern doing kind of working with the creative groups of people, uh, the Lotus Cup. um, Oh, yeah. (laughs) yeah, Malena used to work there. Right. The Water Street Village Mm -hmm. was, you know, a thing. And and I was real involved in all the, like, creative events that they were the very, very first Dia de los Muertos that they did downtown was that group of us. We Mm -hmm. did that, you know. And, um, and, and, and so I knew about the revitalization efforts. Driving from uh, Portland to my grandmother's house on Shoreline, way down Shoreline, to uh, the university, Texas A&M, Corpus Christi. You know, I, I knew what Shoreline was. Mm-hmm. I knew what was happening in downtown. I'd watched it from the 80s through the, two, I mean, to where we were in the 2000s. I'd watched the change. I'd seen them talk about, and we're going to fight over breaking down the, the Memorial Coliseum, mm-hmm. and we're going to fight over uh, uh, Ferris wheels and we're going to fight, 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 fight all the time. And it just, I believed that I could lead something. I don't know why. I don't understand. Because you knew. I had a voice. You just knew. Yeah. (laughs) 
That, that's spirit talking. And, uh, and, and, and it was suggested that we start something downtown and downtown made sense to me because at that time the farm I was where I was growing was the farm was Portland was Taft you know over there that's where the production was happening and so I um, asked uh, the, the the at that time it was a completely different owners of the Lotus Cup not the Lotus Cup sorry the Tango Tea Room at that point it was the Tango Tea Room and I said hey can I come meet up with some people to do share trades and then maybe like bring a few extra people in to like try out a farmer's market so we did that and then after one week I brought in my skills of like media relations and public relations and it's typical of Aislinn to go hey we're gonna throw a party and 500 people show up and I (laughs) and I expect like you know mass quantities of awesome farmers market because and really what happened was 500 people showed up to buy like three carrots you know so Mm. it's just I mean there was nothing yeah and within that first year we I mean within I don't know, it was six months in and we had national publicity for the fact that we were doing things wrong, which wasn't even the case, but that's what our health department was telling people. And so at that point I had to get involved in policy leadership. Right. And I also understood that our community did not know when vegetables grew. They didn't understand that in the heat of the summer, you weren't going to have lettuce and or spinach or whatever. And, and I have to not be like irritated with people Mm -hmm. when they're like, I'm like, gosh, don't you know, things you know that's not fair right, right? you know and so but it was that time it's like they didn't understand our community didn't understand our health department didn't understand mm-hmm. our you know the city ordinances didn't match what was going on and at that point I discovered with the the little group of people that I had brought together to be a farmer's market committee and create this farmer's market, I said, we've got to do something bigger than just a farmer's market. Yeah. I mean, and that's why you're, you're here to teach them. Cause like you were saying, right. you're trying not to get irritated, but ultimately you're here right. to pass this on this right. knowledge. Right. Right. So a farmer's market is, is just one tiny aspect of what this community needed mm-hmm. in terms of access to nutrient dense foods. Right. And, um, and then it just, it just ballooned from there. And I mean, the thing about me is, I mean, there's there's a TEDx talk that I did in that first year after I started the farmer's market. So I had wow. like all of these people that just the the idea that I was that I was willing to take on this thing. They went, yeah, yes, yeah, something about this girl is right. Mm-hmm. And they pushed me because I, I if I go back and look at that TEDx talk, my speech, my speaking skills. I still need a lot of work. I still need a lot of work, by the way. When you see oh. me out speaking at things, you'll be like. Yeah, she's going to have to practice that a little bit. See, better. but my <laughs> thing is, though, I like whenever it doesn't seem super rehearsed. Absolutely. Like, nothing against people who work their asses off to deliver the most perfect speech ever. But there's something about when you can tell people are talking from the heart and, like, off the cuff. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I love it. Yeah. So, yep. anyway. I got to get better at that and staying on topic. That's my problem. You no, know, you I, always like, find your chase way back. a rabbit all over the place. No, but you always find your way back. I'm working I on think it. it's perfect because I can tell that uh-huh. you're about to segue into... Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so the TEDx talk, you know, I got up there and I gave that talk and I talked about what we needed to do and this ripple effect and, you know, how we're going to create this community change. And, you know, and we weren't even hardly there yet. We hadn't even barely pushed the snowball up the beginning of the mountain (laughs) yet. You know, and I'm all like, yeah, we got it. We're going for it. You know, whatever. Yeah, it's eager. And so then we, you know, and then we just said, okay, we're going to start a farmer's market. We're going to start a, a non profit and 
the crazy part about all of that is, is that I started that nonprofit in March of 2013. I was still living on the farm back then and still growing and doing my stuff out there. Um, but then Joe and I had gotten pretty serious and had decided to move, move in together. And so I was moving into Corpus Christi. And at the time, it really actually made sense for me to move into Corpus Christi because I was being asked to do some leadership things, but I couldn't really do them from Portland right. because uh, I had to be a Corpus Christi citi- uh, reticent. Resident? Resident, thank you. Mm-hmm. I could be reticent about being a Corpus Christi <laughs> citizen, but I am not. <laughs> I love very it very happy. much. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I uh, uh, so I moved. I moved into town. So in July of 2013, after starting a nonprofit in March of 2013, I was in a very bad car accident. Oh my gosh! A brain injury car accident. Wow. Yes. <laughs> and my daughter was in the car with me. So we were so. <laughs> backtrack to that anxiety conversation mm-hmm. um, uh, you can only imagine that you've okay so during all of this spell of life I've had two kids I've now decided to get a divorce I am now moving off the farm in with another man and I get into a car wreck on the day I move in yeah. with him and so my brain just let me believe that I had all kinds of fault in mm-hmm. every single mm-hmm. thing that happened to me of in course. that moment in time. Of course. And not only that, but my brain was literally shook. I had a, um, a brain injury that I didn't recover for. I would say solid year, um, even two years. Nice. Um, yeah. Um, and so I, but, but at the same time, it didn't matter because I had started a nonprofit mm-hmm. and I had a business to run and, and I, that's not an easy feat. No, at all. I had no idea. And I, and I was already being, um, we were the, the learning garden that we run, um, which the learning garden actually started in, um, August of 2013. That was when we got the lease for that. Yeah. And not that, the lease, sorry. The adopt a park agreement. Yeah. That's yeah. that whole, the fact that you're offering that. Cause if, for those of you who don't know what the learning garden is, it's to help people out who don't quite know how to, how to plant and yep. that kind of thing. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because the thing that I learned about that stuff was that there wasn't, we didn't have any real hands-on experience in this community with a lot of things. I mean, yes, we had master gardeners that could teach us some things, but we were, I was trying to learn things a little bit differently, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, really, really about sustainable agriculture of which back then I didn't even really know what that meant, yeah. but I knew I wanted to do it. You know, it's like organic. It's like when people go to me, well, is it organic? And I go, well, let's uh, now, and uh, and this is me going, okay, yes, but I've been learning these things for 20 years now. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, organic is not as valuable as these other things. So I have to teach people what the word organic means and then go, well, USDA organic is not as, as important as these other things that you can be, you can have from your local grower and your family farmer, you know, and some of that stuff. So, so I talked that stuff out with them, but the idea is that I had these concepts that I was wanting to learn and there was no one down here to teach us right and And so even after your injury yeah I mean then what so you okay so I it didn't matter I set in and started doing it and so what I was going to mention about the garden was is that right away the garden is over um, right across the street from uh, from right across 37 from Sitco okay so that area if you grew up here during the 80s and were around that area it was it was pretty bad over there mm-hmm. I mean it, it it smelled and um, and and there was some real challenges for air quality and stuff like that and we imme- 
immediately started getting um, attacked by environmentalists, <laughs> which is, I mean, and, yeah. and I understand that we question and we should question and, yeah. you know, all of that, but it was environmentalists attacking environmentalists, comparing apples to oranges. Huh. And so I am surprised at that. Yeah. I, that's a long <laughs> story. I don't necessarily want to get dig, dig deep into, but you know, they, it, it just became a question of me having to respond to people. And I was having a hard time because mm -hmm. my brain was having a hard time. Like I, you might ask me a question and I might not even be able to remember what you had asked mm -hmm. me, like just a few seconds before that. Right. And I was having to communicate. I was having to still do speeches at things and thank people, you know, for wow. event at, at events. And I was still having to talk to the media from time to time. That is strength, my and, friend. <laughs> that, that is strength. I, uh, wow. yeah. Well, you know, that's, that's, that's who I am today. Mm -hmm. it, it's because of all of those things Absolutely. that I've been through. Yes. Um, and it makes me the kind of person that wants to brave the wilderness as Brene Brown, my favorite person I ever just listened right to now. a podcast with her, with her. She's amazing. Yeah. Everything she does, every mm -hmm. book she writes about, I love her. So anyways, but yeah, I mean, that's why I brave the wilderness because I've braved the wilderness and everything, everything works out. Yes. And every single crisis, every single crisis in my life is an opportunity. Yes. And I just, it just took me till this point in my life to learn that mm -hmm. after the, 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 well, yeah, because when you're the, going through it, you, I mean, you, you can't, you're, you're supposed to be thankful for it, right? Because like right. you said, it's an opportunity, but while you're in it, while you're in it. Yeah. Yeah. That's tough. Well, and the anxiety that comes right after it's happened or while you're in it or whatever. I was just talking a friend through this yesterday and it was like, it's really easy for someone on the outside when you're dealing with some kind of trauma to say, you got to change your mindset. You got to have, you got to mm -hmm. manifest something different. You're mm -hmm. in a, you're in a whirlwind of problems right now. Mm -hmm. Um, but I will tell you that I have purposefully set out in my life to understand how to manage my anxiety and my emotions and the, digging my hands in the dirt and and being able to weed and garden and all of that that is my therapy that yes. is my garden and I love that. it doesn't to me get any more like natural than that you know it's, literally connecting with the earth physically yep yeah I mean that is that it, it, it's it's the it's the answer mm -hmm. and it's the reason why healthy community became such an important part to me because I could see a community struggling I still see a community struggling but the interesting thing is that my Corpus Christi what I see is different but I want but I want people to be able to see what I see so I want to give them access to things and that's mm -hmm. part of what the garden is about like you know it's part of what this garden that we're sitting in in my backyard is about I took this to my mom's backyard at the farm oh wow my mom was starting to give up and she's on the farm and I and I wasn't coming out there enough and you know all of that and so I started going back to the farm more often but what I tried to give her was the place where she could find some some place to breathe mm -hmm. the place where she could find some some morning meditation the place where she could find that space because it has the, the 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 air the sun the green the 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 soil the healthy soil under your nails and you know kind of grounding and I know that's a kind of a trendy thing that people are talking about grounding right now but we've been grounding our whole lives mm -hmm. you know we were little kids playing in the dirt yep. and we were grounding but you know it's got we got to get people back out there again yes and show them that it's not as hard as people make them make it seem like it is you know yeah. and that's the reason why I get involved in it a lot because I'm like stop weeding 
It's such a pain in the neck. Why are you doing that to yourself? Leave it alone. It'll be fine. You yeah. need that stuff out there. And that's what the garden is about. It's yeah. just about giving people the ability to see that failure is okay. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Try. You might fuck up a few times, but yeah, that's yeah. okay. Yeah. I, I love that. And I didn't know about this garden until I learned about you. I can't believe it. Like everybody should know about this garden. I agree. There's another thing everybody should know. And it's something that you were going to share with me today. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. So and, and I, I suppose not surprisingly, a lot of people say they're not surprised. I was surprised. <laughs> um, <laughs> so <That's> when, <laughs> so when election season started getting closer for our local elections, um, and I don't, I do not, I'm very nonpartisan. Mm-hmm. If you ask me and you force me to tell you what my, where, how I align, I will tell you I am a liberal conservative. Interesting. Which in my mind, what Honestly, that means I is, like that. yeah, do whatever the hell you want to do as long as you don't waste my damn money. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Word. and that's not exactly it, Word. but it's 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 enough. You yeah. know, it's like, I uh, make it worth my while. And I want to be able to have. I want. I believe in affordable access. I believe that you create a a a, a level of. And, and I don't mean to offend, but I think you create a level of like disconnect between a like you a peasant class and this like overarching you know corporatocracy mm-hmm. because you because we because we get into this situation where it's like th- there's only free available and to me I'm like let's give people back their own power yes you have assets yes. you as a family have assets you as a neighborhood have assets what are your assets and what are your skills and you as a neighbor help your neighbor and help your neighbor and that comes from my rural upbringing mm-hmm. I believe you know that comes from my family in Maine and our connections to that kind of like survivalist mentality that comes back to my t- Texan survivalist mentality, you know? I wish Texans would get back to that again, Mm -hmm. by the way. I'm like, survivalist isn't just about your guns, which by the way, I have guns. I need guns. We don't have to fight about guns. Right, but I love that you say that. I mean, being a survivalist doesn't mean that it's it's only about guns. There's so much more to it. You're super right. Right, right, right. You have to be able to fix things and you have to be able to help your neighbor fix Mm -hmm. things, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's what the garden is to me. And that's where my conservatism comes in. You know, it's like, let's, we need affordable access. And so, so, so as far as my politics was concerned, I believed that I was a great community activist, that I was going to stay focused on, uh, I always say healthy community, my passion for healthy community. And then I began to learn about the other things that were, you know, that we didn't have access to in this community. You know, as a young mom, I want to take my kids away because we can't go on hikes here. Oh, but you can go on hikes. You can go on hikes at the beach. Oh, the beach. Okay. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't think about that. Of course Mm -hmm. we can go on hikes at the beach or of course we can, you know, and just beginning to understand my green space here better. And just that whole, you know, uh, oh, we're now, now, now the farmer's market is down on the bayfront. Yeah, we're in our we're in our home and we're out here on the bayfront and we're working. Okay, so we defeated Destination Bayfront. Okay, we need to fix the streets. We do. We do need to fix the streets, and that's a whole nother story we can get into. Mm-hmm. But it, it just became a pedestrian safety. How 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 are we even going to get these farmers market shoppers? to the art center when they can't cross the road and there's nowhere to park over here. Mm-hmm. And so that was, you know, three years ago, that's where the farmer's market was. And I was trying to solve now, not just, you know, policy issues as it related to farmers and food, but now I'm trying to figure out how to create, you know, city development in ways that keeps people able to like walk and ride bicycles without getting run over. Right. 
And so now we're dealing with pedestrian safety and bike safety and all of those kinds of things. And I would go and talk to a city engineer about traffic safety and they were like, well, we can't do that here. We can't do that here. We can't do that, you know? And I was like, we can't, we can't. I hear a lot of we can'ts, but we've got people crossing the road in places that are not safe yeah. and places that don't have lights and places that don't have any kind of pedestrian safety, you know? And so that kind of became a thing where I'd raise my hand at every like League of Women Voters conversation. And then it just became a situation where I was calling my, you know, uh, District 2 Councilperson Ben Molina on a regular basis and talking to him about this particular pothole and guess what when I call <laughs> to tell somebody to solve a pothole problem even if I don't say oh by the way this is Aislinn Campbell I just go hey we've got a street problem over here the problem got solved so what I began to understand was is that if you had a voice and you were willing to share your voice you could get problems solved in this community yes that's what I love about this community you know like I'm gonna run into the mayor, I'm gonna run into my council member out and about with their kids, mm -hmm. you know? So we need to have real conversations with these people. Yes. And so I just became more and more of a community activist. I got, went and had a, you know, had a say as it related to the Uber conversation. And I went and had a, I didn't have a say about Airbnb, but I will, I assure you. And <laughs> <laughs> I went and had a say about, you know, all different kinds of things. And I was up at, up at council when it was the things that mattered to me as it related to health in our community. Mm -hmm. Those were my top priority, my sphere of focus types of things. Um, and we got around and we started getting closer to um, time to do our local elections. And I was asking who's going to run, who's going to run, who's going to run. The mayor and I had already had a nose to nose over um, shoreline uh, traffic study that they just opened up the area where the farmer's market's at and didn't really tell anyone until oh, it was lovely. already done. And I didn't appreciate that and neither did a lot of other people in this community. And, um, and, 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 and some other, you know, kind of things like that. And so when it came down to it, I felt morally obligated to um, have a voice and not let our mayor run unopposed by anyone that had a real voice in this community that had a group of people that were willing to support them. Right. So I'm running for mayor. Oh my gosh, that is so incredible. It's a crazy adventure is what I tell people. Are you will, are you are you ready to go on Aislinn's next crazy adventure? Yes. This is what we're doing. I mean, I, I think, and the way you just summed it up too, it's not like you just woke up one morning and decided. I mean, you've kind of been thrown, you know, into this kind of role. Yes. And like you said, you felt like you needed to lead. You've right. been doing it successfully, and now you're just taking it that much further yeah. that's incredible yeah and this 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 adventure with um with with grow local and this adventure with um just my my family having been a part of every part of this community my dad worked for hospitality worked in the hospitality industry and the maintenance engineer in a hotel for 45 years my wow. mom worked in industry and my grandparents were in agriculture and my you know grandfather was a port director I, I I've I've had access even as a child to hearing things all about this community and the grow local experience with policy leadership and you know the travels that I've gotten I've had I've been a fortunate woman young woman even from a very young age of having the the luxury to travel and i know that everyone doesn't have that mm -hmm. opportunity but i i see that as an important part of me having i i owe it to my community to bring that stuff back like 
I know there's a time in life and there's probably people out there that go, when they go on vacation, they just go, God, I wish I could stay here and never go home. Mm -hmm. I, I, I never go on a vacation like that. Yeah. Because I believe it's my responsibility to bring good vibes home. Yes. I believe it's my responsibility to learn and look and watch and learn things and come home and bring those ideas home. Yes. I look at communities and go, could we, could we do this in Corpus Christi? Is this something that's possible in Corpus Christi? And so because I've had the opportunity to travel all over the world and see things, I bring them home. And I just believe in this community so much. And back when my mom asked me, and it wasn't that long ago, it was, I, I wanna say it was 2010, when she said, you can't leave because if you leave and everyone like you leaves, then nothing in those ways will ever change. I decided at that moment in time that I was gonna set my roots in. And that's, that was a hard decision for me because I'm a wanderer. Mm -hmm. um, I have to go on a sabbatical often. Yeah. Not often, but once a year. Yeah, you know, oh, absolutely. Because, because I, I have to go away. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I'm a wanderer. And I want to have my, my future, future retirement way out there after my kids are grown and, you know, all of that is to, to, to wander, wander the United States and to wander the earth and to be able to see things and, you know, whatever. But, um, but... I had to set my roots in first. And what better place to set my roots in than in my homeland, yes. where my family is from and where uh, generations of women that I love and know their spirits are here. I always talk about Ada Wilson and Clara Driscoll and there are just many, many more. But I have, I mean, Patrice Warsham. Oh my gosh, yes. Absolutely, that Ooh, woman. You got me there. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those women have, le have, led, have led me here and my aunts and my grandmothers, and they have all led me to where I am right here in this moment today. And, um, and I am calling, I mean, this is the year of the woman. Yes. This is the year that the mamas are saying, not only no, but hell no. Mm -hmm. And okay, thanks for bringing it into the conversation because now we're talking about it at the dinner table with our daughters. And you know what? That's okay. Yep. We can handle that too. Yep. And not only that, but we're gonna turn every crisis into an opportunity. I love and it. we are watching women step up in a way that maybe we've never seen women step up before. And, uh, and, and so I, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to move mountains. I've moved mountains before and I'm ready to move them again. So. Aislinn, you are just probably one of the most incredible people, I mean, I, I've ever met. And just to hear you talk and be fired up and so passionate about what you do, I mean, just inspires me and I know inspires everyone you've ever come into contact with. And I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to do this and for everything you're doing for the community and what you're going to do for the community. And I'm just so excited to see what you do next. I've, I've enjoyed this very much. And I, um, I, I just hope that... Um, this is what I believe and this is what I will lead with in my campaign and that is um, if we want to have a different outcome we have to put different energy into something and I'm ready to give this community um, something to be proud of again something to be excited about and some visionary leadership that we've been looking for for a long time I, and, I, and I'm there I think you're the one to deliver it so thank you thank you so much you're welcome thank you